May these words and the meditations of our hearts bring us closer to you, Lord God of mystery. Amen. I want to let you in on a little secret. Every Sunday before I preach, I wake up early, I get down to the kitchen, get my cup of coffee, and I practice my sermon to the microwave. I stand there, I look at the microwave, and I let it rip to my GE model 1545. And while I do, I imagine you there with me. Little did I know what excellent practice it would be to preach to the microwave, as right now I'm preaching to a live stream camera. But just as I do in my kitchen, I imagine you here with me. I see Christy. I see James Lennox making funny faces at Hannah when she acolytes. I see Ziggy and Alona and Daphne and Clara and all the children quietly playing on the front carpet by the pews. I see you here, and I'm carrying you here during this worship and during all of these very difficult days. And these are difficult days. You know, a few weeks ago, as we were waiting for that tidal wave of the virus to come toward us, people started making comparisons between coronavirus and our last great national tragedy of 9-11. And it reminded me of Maggie. Maggie gave birth to her first daughter, Gabby, on September 10, 2001. And when people would come into Maggie's hospital room to visit her and see the baby, she would say, hello and welcome. Here are the rules of the room. We are not talking about the news, and we are not turning it on. I just had my first baby, and this is joy. And I will learn about and know all about the horrors that are happening outside of this room. But right now, I'm going to focus on joy. And she did. She chose a, a metaphorical blindness that let her tune in to the tiny preciousness of her newborn child. She chose joy. While Maggie's blindness was metaphorical, in our gospel today, the blind man was literally without vision, and he certainly didn't choose it. The gospel tells us that he was blind since birth. But this gospel is not about vision or lack of vision. It isn't even about Jesus' healing powers. This gospel uses vision as a metaphor for knowing and not knowing for certainty and lack of certainty. This gospel is full of not knowing from its start to its end and everywhere in between. It starts with the disciples who don't know why this man is blind. 
Is he blind, they ask themselves, because his parents sinned or because he sinned? Jesus sets them straight. He's not blind because of sin. He's blind to show God's glory. After the man receives his sight, it's the crowds who don't know. Hang on a minute. Is this the guy that's been sitting here begging all these years, blind and begging? Or is this a guy from somewhere else? They don't know. And then nobody seems to know where Jesus went. They ask, where did Jesus go? I don't know, they said. Then it's the Pharisees who don't know. The Pharisees say, well, is he from God or not from God? I mean, maybe he's from God because he gave a blind person sight. But he did it on the Sabbath and broke our laws, so he couldn't be from God. They don't know. Then we get to the blind man's parents. They don't know what they should tell the Pharisees or not tell the Pharisees. We'll tell them a little bit, but we're not going to tell them everything. And we don't know how this is going to impact our place in the Jewish community, our place with our people. And then the now-sighted man says to the Pharisees, hey, why don't you know the answer to the question that you keep asking me over and over and over? Are you uncertain about continuing to follow Moses? Do you want to follow Jesus? And at the end of the gospel, the last uncertainty is, who's the real teacher here? Is it the Pharisees? Or is it the man who has now received his sight? These characters are full of unknowing. They're full of unknowing because their whole world has been turned upside down. There was a blind man who was begging, who can now see and is speaking boldly to community leaders. How did this all happen? How is this possible? They just don't know. It's into this space that Jesus proclaims the good news. It's into this space that Jesus says, when you are blind, when you don't know, then you are moving away from sin. So let's remember that sin is nothing but moving away from God. So if in our blindness we're moving away from sin, we're actually moving toward God. When we are blind, when we don't know, we move toward God. Whew, that I need that good news this week. Because our world has been turned upside down. We don't know. Social distancing, businesses closing, unemployment projected to skyrocket through the roof, 
a virus that can't be seen, health concerns, daily press briefings from local, state, and national leaders, our world is turned upside down. We don't know. We are blind. And Jesus preaches to us just as he did to the people in the Gospel of John that same good news. When you are blind, when you don't know, you're moving toward God. I also think that Maggie, when during 9-11 she chose to focus in on Gabby and her miraculousness, I also think that there, in that chosen blindness, Maggie chose to come toward God. Choosing blindness can help us move to God. Don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that we should pretend that this isn't happening. I'm not saying that we shouldn't educate ourselves about the best way to care for us and others. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying is that when you choose to look at particular things, that can lead you toward God. Choose blindness toward too much news, too much watching of a particular thing, too many conversations with people who bring you anxiety and fear instead of hope. Choose instead to look at those pink sunsets that we have had the past couple nights. Choose instead to turn into the stories like the young kids who came and played cello on the porch of an elderly woman who's homebound so that she could have some connection and some beauty while maintaining safety. Kind acts like that are springing up like redbud blossoms. Choose to look at those. Choose joy. I think when we do that, we do what the second reading said that Beth proclaimed for us. That we choose to live as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found, in that light is found all that is true and good and right. Focus on the light. Uncertainty, unknowing, choosing to tune in to joy. All of this brings us closer to God. And that is the good news, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.